What's up, Elite Army? This is your kind of well, kind of toxic host, Sarah Rittendale, bringing you another episode of Well-ish. Hello, my Elite Army. I have a very special guest today that I actually never thought that I would allow on the show. <laughs> I literally have never even said his name on the podcast because I just wanted it to be a space that was completely mine. But if I'm being completely honest, that's probably me lying to myself. And the truth is that I never really said his name because it would make me less interesting if I was a relationship girly. So I just kind of pretended like he didn't exist. My boyfriend is one of my biggest supporters. He, I probably would not be able to have gotten as many episodes done if he wasn't there to make sure that our weekends were organized around my editing or like walking me through my mental breakdowns or just like talking me through a self-improvement topic. Since you like self-improvement just as much as I do, you just like it in a different way. So I thought if we were breaking down relationships, I would absolutely love the male perspective. I thought it would be a lot better to not just have me talking at you guys the whole time. So I decided to bring on my wonderful boyfriend. <laughs> Don't let that get to your ego, you psycho. This is dangerous. Frank Carl. This is dangerous. <laughs> What's up? My, I literally almost wrote in this my better half, and then I was like, I'm not giving him that much credit. I walked out. I, I wrote, walked out. <laughs> my other half and BFF, Frank Carl. <laughs> Either one would have worked. I like it. Boyfriend works just fine. Welcome to Wellish. Can you believe you're here right now? I can't believe I'm on this side of the door. <laughs> what do you mean? Because like when you record or when you interview people, oh. <laughs> like I have to have the movies on. I got to be playing a game or go to the gym, actually. Like, <laughs> Don't listen to me. <laughs> seriously. So uh, it feels good. Are you nervous? Uh, yeah, because I have no idea what we're going to discuss. Why did you agree to be on the show? Because you've like teased about it and... When you asked me, it felt like it was like genuine. It wasn't like, uh, I don't know what I want to do today kind of thing. It was like, you had like subliminal little message when you asked me. I thought about it for days. <laughs> I was not sure if I wanted to ask you to be on it because like I said, I've literally never even like said your name on here. So like, right. I don't know. I just always thought and like- you just asked and I was like, hell yeah, let's go. You literally, the, I, no hesitation. You were like, yes. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Are you waiting for this? I think there was like a five second. I was like, is this a trick? No, I think you setup? were waiting for it. Frank is sitting here in his well as shirty then to be the best Shh. supporter ever. I have to tell you, I didn't actually ask you to be on the show just because you're my boyfriend. <laughs> I thought you would be a great guest because, like I said, I want to hear the male perspective, which I know you love to give. God help me. Where's the punchline? You're the healthiest relationship that I've ever had. So I think that's going to bring a really cool perspective to it. But I also know you've had your fair share of toxic relationships and you have done your fair share of being toxic I'm and relationships. <laughs> That's the biggest lie I've ever heard. You have not been toxic to me, but unfortunately, you definitely have for other people. <laughs> so <laughs> I hope you learning experience. Well, that's what I was gonna say. I hope you're ready to open up about it and break it down and be honest. Do we have a safe word? <laughs> no. Pineapple. Pineapple. <laughs> Are you nervous now? No. Deal. Let's get into it, sister. Okay, brother. 
To kick us off, I thought it would be fun to kind of break down some relationship myths. I came up with these mostly using my gigantic brain and researching things on the internet, just finding the 10 most common relationship myths that most people fall, I don't want to say fall victim to, but like... Believe. Yeah, and that we allow ourselves to... I don't know, kind of get wrapped up inside of when we're looking for relationships. The first one is that love conquers all. I think that this is such a myth because people always think that like, if I love that person enough, then everything is going to work out and everything is going to be okay. As if you don't also need like trust and communication and the ability to compromise. They think that if you love a person, that is the only reason that you should continue to stay with them. And you can only ask for it for so long. You know what I mean? Like what you want in a relationship. Like love is love. Like great. Like I do love you, mm-hmm. but you do also provide things outside of love. Right. Previous relationships for myself, if things weren't satisfied, like I would leave. So no, that's definitely a myth. Okay. How about this one? Because I know that we've definitely, we've definitely fallen victim to talking about this one. <laughs> <sighs> what is it? That soulmates exist. And that you'll know immediately when you meet your soulmate. I mean, we knew immediately. <laughs> you think so? I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's a myth, though. What if you do believe it? Like, what if you believe you met your soulmate? I just think that the expectation that they exist is unrealistic. And that's kind of what makes it a myth. Fair. Because I think that it Like, takes- this is a whole different conversation, though. Right. Well, I just like I was going to say, I think it just takes like effort and like hard work to be in a relationship. Like, I think the idea of you're going to meet your soulmate and it's going to be like, you know, that this is the right situation for you and it's going to be magical and it's going to be instantaneous is what's a myth. Like, I think that you and I, I always, okay. So the reason I say like, oh, I fall victim to the soulmate thing is because you're right. Like when I met you, I was like, okay, yeah, like I for sure like really like this guy. However, I was always, and you can attest to this, was always back and forth. Like, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was afraid. I felt like I didn't want to get into a relationship. I didn't know, like, if it was a good idea or whatever. So I think that, like, even though you can meet the person that you really want to be with, and this is literally why I wouldn't let you on the podcast before, one of my reasons (laughs) is because I was like, he can propose to me and then he, he can be on the podcast, but... Hopefully you don't make me look fucking dumb, Frank Carl. I'm winning. (laughs) I'm on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) But I think that it's that idea of like that you know you want to be with somebody or that you could actually have met the person you're going to spend the rest of your life with. But that doesn't mean that it's like crystal clear and there's not going to be any questions like. If I'm thinking of like my friends or I'm thinking of like old relationships or thinking of like guys that I was really into, but it never actually turned into a relationship. It was always this like situation of like confusion and anger. And why isn't he answering me? And why do you open my Snapchat and not answer me? And why is he online and he's not texting me back? Or why has it been several days? Why did he sleep with me and then blow me off? And like, like it's just like all this fucking confusion and wondering and pining after the person and just wanting things to work and it doesn't work out where like for you it was always there it was oh I I was never confused you never made me feel like you didn't want me I just wasn't I was afraid and I think that was the biggest thing so I think that like you can know but I just think that like the idea of like the soulmate romantic yes I would agree with you like in that in that realm of like what the myth is Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, for sure. Like, I feel like- That it's going to be a magical like, fairy tale. Oh, and then like, sometimes like people won't leave because of that. Yes. And it's like, bro. Right. And just because it was happy and magical in the beginning because you were in the honeymoon stage doesn't mean that you're supposed to be together Yeah. And forever. I feel like when you're younger, you fall victim to that more frequently. For sure. I agree. The next one is that jealousy is a sign of love. And I know you are going to be like, no. It's disgusting. <laughs> but, Skip. <laughs> but like, I- I did that, bro. Like I thought I maybe I haven't done it with you. Like when I was thinking about these, like I don't think I necessarily did this with you, but I definitely think of this in the sense of like if I could get a rise, this I do with you, but not through jealousy. But if I could get a rise out of you, that means that you love me. So like if you see that I'm like when I was in a relationship that I was being cheated on all the time or that he was interested in other girls, I would feel like okay, well, I'll go talk to other guys. And then if that if he's jealous, then he loves me. Like, then that means he actually cares about me. And like, that is not a sign of love. The only thing that jealousy is a sign of is insecurity. Why are you looking around? Because He's like, let me out. <laughs> <laughs> think about this, right? So I just went down a rabbit hole. So follow me. So think about this. I feel like go back 50 years from now, Media wasn't like as profound, right? Mm -hmm. Like children didn't know what like love was like in their 20s. Fast forward to like today's era or even like when you were a kid, like say 10 years ago, like in high school, you had such an influence of media. Like you were looking at these like young adults showcasing feelings, emotions, throwing around like these big extravagant like words for affection, right? And so like, what do you think you need to do? Like when you have a boyfriend. You need to like feel this way, right? Mm, yeah. And so like you're putting love. You can like somebody and really like somebody and be faithful to that person, not fuck around, which is so common in today's world. But like now when you're like 10, 12, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, like I got a boyfriend, I got a girlfriend. And it's like, I I need to love that person. Calm down, young gun. Like <laughs> you like that. You don't even know that emotion yet. Like yes. you're trying to love, you're trying to compare your love to family and friends. Mm -hmm. Like, in, like, I mean like close, long childhood friends mm -hmm. to like a significant other as a partner. Yeah. You don't even understand what like a partner is. Right. Like I'm going to put my arm around you and walk down the hallway and be like, I love you, baby. Right. Like you really like that person. You're attracted to that person. They make you happy. Mm-hmm. Love is still like something that you're learning and developing. And I think that's part of it. Like you're saying jealousy is a sign of that because you're, it's like a whole different, like you've never been jealous that way. Like you're talking to somebody that can take him away from me. Yeah. No one's taking your brother, your sister, your mom, your dad away from you. Not in that way. Yeah. But now it's like, that, oh my God. It's that first yes. time somebody can be like, hey, you. Oh, okay. I love how you've redirected that because like I was thinking jealousy is a sign of love in the sense of like that somebody, if I could make somebody else jealous, that means they love me. But that is such a good point and how easily you could get jealousy and love confused because if you're totally obsessed with that person and obsessed think, with anything and yes. it's taken away from you ooh. and you're pissed it's, it feels ooh. like it's because you love them. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but it's only because you don't it's your threat you're threatened by it yes yeah. you're you afraid think that it takes a hit on you who you are and your character and if you're good no. enough but like what 10 11 12 13 14 15 year old is going to realize that right exactly and how do you tell well, them that and i mean if and we have hormones racing well so but then take it to people that are our age that are still making that same mistake if that's what it's always been for you and that is like you've never learned that you've There's never become aware yeah. of it you're totally going to continue on that path. And I think that's why sometimes too, like you got to have that development and jealousy and love can definitely be confused. This next one is interesting because this is 
was my example growing up, and it was not your example growing up. <laughs> uh oh. Happy couples <laughs> never argue. <laughs> Lots of love. Don't get me wrong. Well, that's <sighs> what I think is interesting. Is that like I think your parents do love each other? Oh, hundred percent. So I think do they that- hate each other too? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But so that's the kind that's the concept of happy couples never argue as a myth. Is that like my parents never argued? Never. Do they ever disagree? I'm sure, but so did they just keep it behind closed doors? I would assume, but they would never like they. I never knew my parents to argue. Like that wasn't a thing, and I. I'm almost, I'm not grateful because I wish that it had worked out differently for them because it's interesting that your parents are still together and mine aren't. But I think it's interesting because I now know that that's not true. I now know that happy couples are supposed to argue. You're supposed to disagree. It's that happy couples don't fucking like have domestic violence issues and like you're fucking (laughs) screaming at each other and throwing shit and it's tears and horrible messes and we both had two opposite extremes so i just upbringings are just opposite yeah yeah so i just think that it's interesting to kind of like meet in the middle obviously happy couples are supposed to argue Happy couples are supposed to, healthy couples are supposed to disagree because you are two people with two different brains. Of course, you're not going to see the same thing in every single situation. But then on the flip, obviously, you're not supposed to have these like big blown out arguments, which I think is also kind of what can get blurred in that myth is that it's like, oh, well, we argue and you're not supposed to get along all of the time. I think it's a little, it's, I mean, what if they do see eye to eye? Mm -hmm. Like, what if they do... Let's just take Jimmy and Julie, right? They're together. They love football. They love church. They love their freedoms, right? Like, like they're very like they have these same beliefs. The f- same way they feel about everything is like very similar. What are the odds they're going to disagree as often versus like say uh, let's use an extreme example, like a country guy, a hardcore Republican, and a city girl that's like hardcore Democrat, like. But they like get along, right? But their like upbringings, their views are opposite. They can still love each other, but they're probably going to argue a little bit more because they don't see eye to eye mm-hmm. on a lot of things. Mm-hmm. But to say that one is supposed to argue, one's not supposed to argue, or judge a relationship based on that, I think that's a little. It's a little broad. Mm-hmm. I get that. Generalizing. I get that. Comparing you and I to like other relationships I've been in, I wouldn't say you and I argue. I say you and I disagree. But I think yeah, that, we suck and we're super passionate with our own opinions. Yeah, like I just <laughs> think that, but like I don't think it's very often that we have like fights that we stay up until four in the morning arguing big through a door. I think like what one? That was one. Yep, <laughs> a couple years. weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, three but that's years. the only time we've ever done that. You know, like we've gotten in bad fights, but I would say I could probably count on one hand how many times like we've actually gotten into a bad argument. And when I say a bad argument too. It's us ignoring each other for long periods of time and then being like, why do you hate me? Why can't we figure this out? And it's not anywhere near as volatile as I've been in other relationships that there's like blaming or name calling or gaslighting or making you feel like you're not good enough. Yes. I I believe everybody argues. Like you, I mean, you have to. I mean, otherwise, like, where's the passion? I love that. A little Cynthia simp. <laughs> like, and it's also like, yeah, why not be passionate with your girl or your man or whatever you want to go 
whatever you're, you're with. I was talking about being volatile, but I think that that's an interesting point too, is being passive. Like that you don't argue because you're not saying what you actually feel. Have a little passion for your relationship. Yeah. Like start the argument, be angry about something. Again, in a healthy way, don't be volatile or fuck it, kind of toxic. Yell at somebody who cares. Like that's just going to kind of happen. That's why we fight. Right. It's just, well, and because <laughs> we have is, no filter. Right. Exactly. Well, and that shit is just going to fucking happen. It's not always going to be the perfect health model of like, so I'm going to tell you that this is how you made me feel. And I just want you to work on not making me feel that way if that's something I can do. And like, you know, it's just like sometimes you're going to be like, you disrespected what I was trying to do. So you're right. I think that it's interesting. The concept of having passion in your relationship is obviously going to lead to arguing. And who doesn't want a passionate relationship? <laughs> you should complete each other. Like there should be complementary aspects to your relationship, but nah. Like I, I think that... You, you make me whole, but I still have to put in the work in for myself. I make who I am. You compliment me. Yeah. You, the other, I love how you say that. The other person is supposed to enhance your life. They're not supposed to make your life. Yeah. Like you're smaller than me. So like I look bigger. I'm literally <laughs> like on fire. No, but 100%. Yeah. Like you, you enhance it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, I love that one. That one's like, oh, that like lights a fire. I hate when like, but I need them. Like, no. No, no, no. If you need them, like you need yourself, homie. Yes. Like fix up first because mm -hmm. then they're not getting the better version of you. Mm -hmm. And so like when you get better, they might be like, whoa, fuck mm -hmm. out of here. I don't know who you are. Yeah, literally. So it's like just negative. You have to be your own individual person. Otherwise, you're literally uninteresting. Like it almost makes it so that you don't really have a personality because there's nothing. People pleasing. Yeah, exactly. Don't like, you, Don't you talk about that sometimes? Just a lot. <laughs> i'm on the other side of the door so i don't know what's going on <laughs> yeah right like trying to do the things that are gonna make you good enough and you know it's codependency it's relying on that other person to complete you to make it so that you are good enough to make you safe to make you feel okay and it's not even about the fact of you know what if that person leaves you one day even though that's a very realistic thing to consider no matter how much you love the person you have no idea what's going to happen in the future but it also comes down to what if that person gets hit by a bus like what if that person dies they got life insurance <laughs> stop <laughs> <laughs> we don't talk about insurance at all here. <laughs> But for real, like, what if that person dies? Like, what are you going to do? Like, are you just going to become a shell of a per Bartender. Ding, 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 ding. Bartender. Continue. I'll wait a minute. <laughs> what are you going to do? Are you just going to, like, roll over and die? Like, are you just going to, what? Like, you have to be able to continue on. And I think when you and I first started talking, I met you at work as you know. <laughs> and so I was talking. Oh, to do I know. <laughs> and, so <laughs> <laughs> and so one of the first times that we were talking, just like as coworkers, <laughs> obviously we're into each other because why were we having this conversation? <laughs> but I, it was early, early, early on that I was like, I just want to look for somebody. I want somebody in a relationship that it's two whole people that come together to be two whole people together. And I remember you looking at me like I had just like fucking invented the goddamn wheel. <laughs> like you, you were like, yeah, literally like you were like, 
Yes. Like, yes. That is ex- like exactly what I would like. <laughs> it was yes. like. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think like no matter how you look at this, being codependent isn't always a bad thing when you both enhance each other to that degree. That's something so simple for the other partner to do for you. You can depend on them, somebody. So you can depend on somebody in a certain degree. I fuck with that, but I don't think that's codependency. I think that's teamwork. I think it's like that like upper echelon. He said it's that elite <laughs> codependency. Yeah, like it's it's not for the simple-minded. Like because it's like when you do things for me without me even having to ask or when I do things for you without having to ask. Like I acknowledge when you do, when those things are done because when they're not done, I'm like, "Yo, why didn't you get this done?" I'm googling the meaning of codependency. Oh, please. To sum up codependency in a psychological concept that refers to people who feel extreme amounts of dependence on a certain loved one in their lives and feel responsible for the feelings and actions of those loved ones. Symptoms, maybe that'll help clarify it a little more. Poor boundaries, low self-esteem, caretaking, obsessions, a need for control, difficulty making decisions, trouble identifying or communicating thoughts, feelings, or needs, chronic anger, or strong emotional reactions. So low-key, I get what you're saying. Like, because like caretaking is on this list. And so like making sure that the other person is like you have to be doing everything else right in the relationship. Yeah. Before I like before this is like even a conversation. Mm-hmm. Because I understand like with the codependency like that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. I just wanted that to like get out there like it's not always like a negative because like can I throw you under the bus for a minute? Oh please. Because <laughs> sometimes when like things are going way too well with us or when you're like it's never worked this easy before in this situation like you try to find the bad. Mm-hmm. And yes the little toxic in you. Okay. Might this even is like, a safe space to say that <laughs> yeah, about Might me. be when you start arguing with me. Mm-hmm. Over what I think is some bullshit, but like in your mind, like it's in a sense like a subconscious way of validation. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm saying it's like if I could like just put this out there that potentially somebody hears it, I don't want them to think that like their relationship is shit just because they might be a little codependent. Mm-hmm. But like if your relationship works on every fucking gear and you're going to gear 10 and this is what you're concerned about, mm-hmm. I think you, you're you okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Okay. Well, I love that because obviously that's what Wellish is, is that you're not going to do all of the things all perfect all the time. Right. So I completely agree. If this is like stage one or two of the relationship, Mm -hmm. year one or two, well, then we got some issues. And again, because we're talking about completing each other, it's important to maintain your individuality and not rely on your partner to fulfill all of your needs. That like if you cannot function without that other person, like if that person left your life, that you would have no life of your own. You can ride a bike pretty fucking far with gears one through nine. Mm Mm-hmm. Gear 10 is just going to take it to the next little level. Right. Enhancing. Exactly. <laughs> Where like if the other person is the pedals, like the, you're, you're the fucking frame, fucked. like right, your shoes. Yeah, you're <laughs> fucked. Uh, yeah. So we're like, right. Like if obviously the person that you're referring to that has their meals made for them, if that person wasn't in their life anymore, Sure, they'd have to rearrange their schedule. Yeah, but their their physique was amazing before them. And that they would still be able to like live their life and have the gym and have the things. It's like yes. we don't have anything except that person. This enhancement now allows gourmet meals. Mm-hmm. I understand what you're saying. You should be able to rely on your partner. 100% I did that when we first started dating. That I constantly made it so that I 
didn't want to rely on you because I thought that it was making me more independent or that I if I relied on you that that meant that I would become codependent because that was what had happened to me in other relationships but that's not the case you can rely on your partner it's again when that is your only means of survival you're counting on them to make you whole if you don't have them then you'll unravel and fall apart that's what's not okay you have your own independency still while still allowing them to enhance your life before it was beef and rice with maybe some vegetables microwave right now it's gourmet like chef style food every time they eat right so like right enhancement Okay, I'm so excited about this one because I've been talking about this one in therapy because this was an issue that I had. <laughs> the relationship you end up in will be exactly how you pictured it. <laughs> Literally, no amount of daydreaming or planning or thinking about what the person you want to be with is going to be like could ever predict their flaws or their quote-unquote baggage that they come with. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like you are not going to be able to like craft a person in your head that's a real person that has toxic traits. Then it's like they start settling. That's our culture in today's day and age is so quick to like throw people out the door if they have like this flaw or that flaw or they don't meet this specific standard or they do this a certain way and because we have like all of this information at our fingertips all the fucking time, we constantly think like, oh, well, you, you know, gotta fit the mold. Yes. Like, oh, you're doing this wrong. Oh, you're doing this wrong. And there is some perfect man out there, perfect woman out there, perfect whoever out there that is going to, you know, I got to keep getting rid of people until I find this perfect idealistic person. And that's not ever going to happen. Like you're not going to be able to daydream your way into that goes back a to partner. Like, happy couples over fight to think that you do everything to a degree that like I'm satisfied as a person. Like you're not my servant. Mm -hmm. There's, you can not like things about your significant other, but like they can't be significant things like, Oh, I don't like when they hit me. Like, no, you need to move on. Like, sorry, that's not that's not funny that like that. But like, you don't like their taste in music in its entirety. Like, get over that. So like, for me, I think like, I never would have predicted that I was going to be in a relationship with somebody that has a kid. Yeah. But that is the reality of my situation now. And I'm not going to not be with somebody that I really enjoy and really feel like I can grow and build with and really understands me and takes the time to care for me and love me and understand me just because he has a son. And with that, it's not even like that situation is incredibly volatile. Obviously, there's hiccups and there's things that are aggravating, but there are so many situations similar to ours that are so much worse off and so much more toxic than ours is. So I think that could I say like, well, fuck this. Like, why would I want to be in a relationship with somebody that has a kid? Like, I have an IUD. I didn't want to do this. I didn't want to, you know, I don't want to be a parent. I don't want to commit to this. I could be with anybody. And not have to deal with this. But I don't want to be with anybody. I want to be with you because you always are working with me and wanting to grow with me and just do enhance my life. And just because it's not exactly how I pictured it and just because like I never could have predicted that I was going to end up with somebody with a kid doesn't mean that I'm not supposed to be in the situation. Doesn't mean that like like I'm trying to allow fate to kind of take its course, it, thinking of it in the mindset of you're exactly where you're supposed to be right now. Now, obviously, if I choose to change my mind or if I 
I choose to take a different path, obviously, like you can make that choice. But like, this is the choice that I'm making right now. There's just nothing that I could have done to predict that. No, 100%. And you can't paint a perfect person. Just like you couldn't have predicted that you were going to be in a relationship with somebody that had tons of trust issues and had family that had affairs and had, you know, relationships that were had affairs in them. And then now you have to deal with that, again, quote unquote, baggage of mind that I have these trust issues and you have never done anything to me to make me not trust you or make you untrustworthy. Right, right. But you still have to face the repercussion of like, when you're on your phone, I'm like, feeling insecure and feeling like, why, who are you talking to? Or me feeling like I have to go through your phone every once in a while. And then if I see nothing on there, then I'm like, oh, it's all deleted. It's gone. You know, (laughs) what are the three things I do on my phone? Play games, play games, play games. No, (laughs) play games, calculator. Calculator, so true. <laughs> Zillow slash realtor.com. Oh my God, that's so accurate. It's <laughs> the only three things I do. <laughs> and so maybe true. when I'm at work, I'll go through reels while I'm waiting for the phone dialer to like get somebody connected. Oh and I send God. you reels all damn day long. <laughs> it's so true. But you can't ever, you can't picture what this person is going to come with. And you can obviously choose the person that you align with the most. It's all a gamble at the end of the day. Mm hmm. Like you can't, I didn't imagine my life would be this way. So like, if I didn't imagine my life was this way, like, how did I expect you to like? You're just fucking lucky. Fucking amen, sister. (laughs) (laughs) I like this next one because I used to think it, but I also think like so many people do think this. The idea that a relationship is hard work, I think easily gets confused a lot. Hard work means mentally draining, that those two are equal. That's a myth. That's not true. It, just because it's hard work doesn't mean it should drain you mentally. No, not at all. The hard work is just like learning to like each other on your differences, I feel. Right? Would you yeah. agree? Yeah. Uh, well, like I it think, shouldn't be a mo- – like you said. Like that's not what hard work is. Hard no. work is – putting in an effort for your relationship and showing up for that person every yeah. single day and making the choice to love them even when they annoy the fuck out of you. I think it's having like my the best way that I love to describe this is that it should be you and that person against the issue, not you and that person against each other. I would agree with that 110%. Like if there is consistent things that you have to work on together because of somebody's behavior in the relationship, like that's the issue. Like you, again, going back to that original concept that we were talking about earlier, like you shouldn't be like confused and and upset and wondering and and angry all of the time and not understanding like why that person can't just commit to you and you know all of the fucking things that come with it it shouldn't be mentally draining that shouldn't be what the relationship like your concerns are like you can only show up for somebody else as much as you can show up for yourself mm-hmm. nothing good comes easy mm-hmm. it's all encompassing Mm-hmm. Not only about the money, it's not only about the success, it's not only about winning the game, it's not about just being good or smart, whatever. It also has to do with your like yourself. Like you got to be able to walk away from things when they're bringing you down. That is true. Like any any time I can think of anybody that has, including myself, that has been in a situation like that, it is it does always at the end of the day come down to fear, and it comes down to like what your life is going to look like, and not wanting to not have them in your life. Right. And what that would look like, fear of the unknown. I mean, everything. 
All right. I know you're going to be really excited for this one because it's one of your favorite topics. Say it. Sex should always be spontaneous and passionate. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Like, can it be? Yes, but it doesn't always need to be. And it isn't always going to be. No. Like, sometimes it's like, sorry, mama, mo. Sometimes like, yo, wake up in the morning, like, hey, tonight, something. Got it good. Mm-hmm. Like, some, like, we've just been busy. Like, you've been busy. I've been busy. But it's like, it's a need. It's a necessity. Right. I think that's such a good point that it's, we're kind of always like, so it's been a, it's been like a week. Is that going to stay that way or? <laughs> right. No, I would agree that it's, it's like they, they correlate that back to like parents all the time. And I don't think it's, it's only relative to that. I mean, if you're really focused on yourself and its development, I think that's important. Is that like sometimes communication is important? Like, hey, you need some? I got you. Mm-hmm. I think too. This concept always kind of comes back to like intimacy and intimacy doesn't have to mean penetration. <laughs> like it could be just like physical touch or like calling oh, yeah. or like. Let's t- watch a movie tonight. please. Yeah. And I think that like there's a lot of situations that when you've been in a relationship for a really long time, there's none of that ever. Like there's no hand holding. There's no hugs. There's no kisses. Like you don't make out with your significant. I just saw that the other or today. Actually, I saw a real for like a marital psychiatrist was like most couples that make out that have been together for more than two years tend to have a healthier relationship. And I was like, that's weird. We just made out at the front door the other day. <laughs> and I was like, cool. We still on the right path. <laughs> but I was like, that's interesting. But that's what you're saying is like, some, like you don't even get to like make out, like just cause you've been married now for like five years. Like, you don't mm-hmm. want to kiss her? Well, and it is interesting that like, I mean, we did used to like sit in the car and do that for fun. Like that was like. I mean, we do just not every other day, just like maybe every other week. Yeah. Like it's definitely not as frequent as it was when we first started dating just because it's not as exciting or whatever anymore. <laughs> I like to kiss. Yeah. I think it's mostly because of you. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? I'm fighting you. I'm just not. I'm more of a hugger than a kisser. You are. And that. I feel like I've picked up on that. Mm-hmm. That's your form of intimacy that's like important to you. Mm-hmm. And like I've grown to like it now. Like sometimes I just come up to you like, I just want to give you a hug. Because mm-hmm. like I know that makes you feel good. Yeah, it does. And like subconsciously, I'm like, it makes me feel good now too. Like, <laughs> she's happy, I'm happy. But like that's intimacy too in itself. Is that's a, what I'm saying. Yeah. Right. Is, and well, and like so for me, that isn't much of a kisser, also has to make that same effort for you since you do like that. And you do. And it, so I think that's the thing. Too is that like you know you it's not it is an effort it's not like I'm just gonna like walk up to you and be like oh my god I just want to kiss his face <laughs> yeah apparently I shouldn't do that because no. you look terrified <laughs> <laughs> no. just say babe kiss me and I'll be okay <laughs> <laughs> like you know what I mean that it's not gonna be like the spontaneous like passionate whirlwind that like it's I don't know, like, again, it's a myth. It's, like, made up yeah, to be. Yeah, And it's just not. Like, it, it's going to have to be effort. And it's going to have to be, like, hey, do you still like the smell of my vagina? Or, like, do you not want to come near me ever again? This is part of the thing, though, about not having expectations of relationships. I don't go in with expectations because then when they don't meet them, but like maybe they kind of do in a different way. Like maybe they don't kiss me, but they want to hug me. If I went into a relationship, it's like I need a kiss every damn day. But you're not a kisser. You're a hugger. Our relationship would have never fucking worked. But again, no expectations. You told me from day one you like to hug me. Mm-hmm. I like to kiss. 
You don't like to kiss. I don't like to hug. And we've talked about this from fucking day one, and we still work on it. Like, we're conscious of it. The concept of if someone truly loves you, they will change for you is a myth. I think that's a myth 100%. Like, are, are you able to adapt a little bit? Yeah. This is one of my favorite concepts that I talk about here all the time is that you have to choose your asshole. You can't change who a person is. They're not going to change for you. You have to accept who that person is. And if you can't accept it, you have to move on. Bottom line. Because a person can grow. Like I'm not saying somebody can't grow and maybe you help them grow, but you can't expect them to change for you and you have to accept them as they are with their flaws. Like for me, apparently you have had a lot of growth since dating me from what I, that's something that I've heard from you, from family, from other people. But I have never thought that. Like I have never thought like, oh, he needs to change. I don't piss or, you off less. You not like you've <laughs> always been like this for me. <laughs> you pissed me off a lot. I still so. know how to make you mad. <laughs> yeah. You're really good at it. But you don't make me mad because you do things to ever hurt me or because, you know, you're immature or you do any things. You irritate me just like strictly based off of your personality. And that's not gonna change, baby. Thanks. <laughs> Love you too, baby. <laughs> Go get fucked, Frank. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I think all the time, like, it's not going to change. I just have to accept it. Do I want to accept it? I ask myself that all the time. Like, am I willing to accept this or not? Because if I'm not, I have to leave. I have to move on. (laughs) It's very similar to mine. Gosh, it's fucking annoying. Why does she always do this? Is this going to work? I don't know if I could do this. And then I'm like, this is my biggest complaint. I think I'm winning in life. What's your biggest complaint? We can't talk about that. You didn't tell me yours. Oh, we'll get there, baby. (laughs) You don't worry. It's just your lack of ability to multitask. Fuck you. the worst fucking thing. When you know when people say, I don't multitask. Wait, wait, wait. You can't process more than a thought at a time. We're going to get there. Hold on. Hold your horses. I'll give you the opportunity to tear me apart. You hold on. I think the biggest thing with this myth is that they're not going to change. Like the people don't match. Like you don't match for each other. And that's okay. It just means that you have to like move on from that situation. The time is hard too. If you can have that conversation week one, two, three, four of your relationship, perfectly fine. It's a little bit easier. It doesn't hurt. Mm -hmm. Five, 10, 15, 20 years of that though. That's going to fucking hurt. Like- you're being like ripped out of a comfort spot. Mm-hmm. Even as toxic as it may be, as hurtful as it may be, like it's still gonna it's still gonna fucking hurt. Like it's something brand new. That's scary. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine like being married sixty years, and like or twenty years or ten years, whatever it may be, and like losing that that partner? Like I know it's not the same, but like the idea is that person's dead to you. Like you move on. We finally reached the last myth. A strong relationship doesn't need outside help. I've learned this in our relationship. Yeah? Yeah. Because like, I feel like there's there's got to be a point where you step back. Um, this goes out to any of you people that either are dating a guy of a boy-only mother or any of the guys out there that literally it's just like... 
there's like, I just feel like boy moms, like it's a whole different re- like relationship, right? And so like they are very territorial. And so like you, not that you go to them for advice even. Do you, do you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. You following me? Go to who for advice? Mom. Mm-hmm. Right? Like bitch do you wrong. You go to mom. Yeah, fuck that bitch. Like mom's always got your back. Mm-hmm. I can murder somebody. Mom's got my back. Mm-hmm. So like, why wouldn't I trust her? But there's got to be a turning point where you realize like everything your parents, parent, whatever it may be, taught you. Like you got to be able to use better judgment, right? And you have to at some point keep your relationship private. At some point in your life, you need to take everything you've learned from mom and use your better judgment as well. Because like you can't have your mom in your relationship with you. And like I'm saying this from a personal experience. Like you cannot have that because that affects our relationship. Not even in our relationship was my mother involved in my relationship. That's kind of a tongue twister. Mm-hmm. Kind of confused myself. Mm-hmm. In our relationship, I don't feel my I've gone to my mother for advice. Mm-hmm. In previous relationships, right before you, I have. But now like the boundary of like, hey, I don't want your advice or your opinion on certain things is very blurred with her. And so like I'm saying to people like you who are dating people like me is that like you can't let that outside force like affect your relationship. Does Mm -hmm. that make sense? Yeah. Sorry, this is like I feel like probably the most real one for me. Yeah, cool. I didn't expect that. When I was thinking of this, I thought of it like therapy, that you and I went to therapy mm-hmm. because we thought it would be beneficial. It was cool. It was it so was cool. cool. Like, I loved we it. Never, what? We went mad once and we left laughing. Yeah, for sure. Like Because we had argued that day on some bullshit. Like you thought what I was saying was dumb. I thought what you were saying was dumb. We went and saw Jordan. Jordan's like, y'all are dumb. <laughs> and then we went home like, yeah, we were dumb. <laughs> you want to go get a slice of pizza? All right. Like I remember that day. It was a beautiful like spring day. And it was nice to have that professional guidance. Yeah, it was so 100%. nice because I think because we, you and I both are so headstrong and so. It was a safe spot. Yes. Well, and it's it's like we both so strongly always think we're right that. It's like hard to know when the other person could also be right. I literally was, I was going to interject, but I was like, I want to hear her say it. We can't accept that we're both right. Ever. Whoa. Or if we see things differently, that's awesome that we just came to that on our own. Yeah, I love that. Jordan out in Chicago. Much appreciated. Love you. I love you. (laughs) (laughs) But seriously, like we argue, I would feel like 90% of the time because we see things the same. But don't interpret them the same. Yeah, for sure. If that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. So it's like we're both trying to argue our point because neither one of us wants to be like. No, nah, you're more right than I am. Mm-hmm. Or, or even you, just like, yeah, I, I see you. Or I understand yeah, you. Right. Like your picture. You're like, like no, understand me though. My mountain looks bigger. <laughs> yeah, my mountain's easier to climb. Yes. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. That's so cool. <laughs> see, like that's cool. Like I just think that like I, the thing that I keep thinking of too is like how my therapist now who doesn't even know you and him kept saying to me 
Frank is not trying to hurt you. Frank is not trying to hurt you. Frank is not trying to hurt you. And for whatever reason, anytime we get into any argument, I always think that you're attacking me or you're out to get me. And so it's like having that professional opinion, that outside person, that unbiased point of view to be like, hey, like there's nothing wrong. Like you're good. Like he's not doing anything wrong was so validating for me. Because if you say that to me, it's like, (laughs) <laughs> okay yeah right you're okay you're a liar and then if a friend says that to me or like if a friend if i'm telling my friend the same story she's gonna have my back or you're gonna tell someone from your life that story and they're gonna have your back so it's like you're not actually getting that like genuine response or like what how you should be approaching it plus the therapist probably knows more about the mentalities behind it compared to like our personalities and our toxic traits that are all contributing versus to the fight. being POV. Yes, exactly. Yep. Yeah. So it, I think that that's, and, and I think I remember one time I went, you were in a meeting at work and so like you were late to therapy and I was talking to Jordan by myself and I remember him saying to me how, cool and how impressive it was that you wanted to go with me that you were like as willing as excited as I like i think i had it. to miss an, ep- or an episode <laughs> miss a uh an appointment with him once and like i wasn't happy and he let me make it up mm-hmm. but like i missed going with you mm-hmm. like again like even if i had nothing to talk about like it was just nice to be able to have like a spot where we could both voice our opinion yeah have a professional even just really a third party that was unbiased. Right. Listen to us and give his opinion. Right. Like regardless if you believe it works or not, it works in the sense that like it's a safe spot. I, I mean like I recommend it to people to this day. Yeah, dude, same. Like I don't care if you have problems or don't have problems. I think going when you have problems like this is why it's like we went proactive. Yeah. And I think that's so cool. I felt like it built our relationship mm-hmm. dr- drastically. Like the the bond that we had, not even the trust or the love, yeah. like strictly the bond we had. Like that's a vulnerable state too. Yeah, for sure. Like, I mean, never did I say this, but like imagine like if I was like, Sarah, you pissed me the fuck off. I don't know if I want to be with you anymore. In that point, in that place where we saw him, I felt safe enough to say something like that extreme that you would have heard me out. Where if I said that at home, huh. <laughs> That would have been a drag that argument. Yeah. Like of some sort of degree, fight, sad, whatever kind of argument it would have been. Mm-hmm. But saying it there and then having his opinion and then being able to hear you and know that I had to listen, I thought extreme example. But I don't I highly recommend that to anybody. I would like to do it again. I would love to do it again. Yeah. I think that would be cool. You can pay for it though, because I'm already paying for therapy on my own. Well, I'll pay for my portion. <laughs> You're such a fucking scam artist. (laughs) So now that we have the don'ts, I thought it would make sense to kind of talk about the do's and to give some advice on how to navigate a healthy relationship, what needs to happen in order to make the transition from the toxic relationships that we had been in in the past to now the relationship that you and I are in now that is so healthy and fulfilling. How can you improve communication in your relationship? And I'm so excited about this one for you because I know that you are trash at communicating in every relationship. So I've heard, and I've (laughs) never, ever, ever thought that you were bad at communicating in ours. So how can you improve communication in your relationship? 
it's funny because like this is what we talk about at work all the time because we're all different personalities and how to like just be a better communicator. But it's more or less like I think listening like is huge. Mm -hmm. Like you need to be able to listen and coming from like my personal experience, the reason that's so important to me is I hear like key statements and when someone's speaking and I build my response before hearing the whole thing. Mm -hmm. So now I listen and I do the same process because I tried to fight it for the longest time. But like, then I just like felt like an idiot. Like I was like, what'd you say? But now I do the same thing, but I'm listening at the same time. And then I can like redirect where my thoughts are, if that makes sense. But I think that's like a lot of times people just aren't listening enough. They want to speak. They want to be the loudest person. I think that is the biggest flaw in communication is that everybody thinks that communication and good communication is speaking and getting your point across. And it's about not just listening, Frank, but like active listening, like making eye contact with the person, showing that person that you're hearing them, understanding them and having good body language to like show that you are actively engaged in the conversation, asking clerical questions and making sure, like I said, you're understanding the person correctly. So I think that that is such a good a good point. That open line of communication, active listening, and then compromising with the person and being able to like see both sides and be willing to understand both sides. And as we've now learned, both be right. And that's okay. Or both be wrong. And that's okay too. Yeah. I think it, I think it all comes down to you have to be able to hear what the person is saying, not just listen. Because like I can listen and get the gist of it, right? But like you have to understand what they're saying. And if you're not paying attention, you're not getting their body language. So like you have not only have to listen, but you have to be aware of the current state of the communication. Mm-hmm. Like if you're on the phone, if you're texting, if you're in separate rooms, like I think that's so critical. That the communication changes. Yes. What are signs of a healthy relationship? Communication. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, there, there's so much to this. But I think at the end of the day, your current state of mind for a relationship to be successful and healthy, you still have to be yourself. Yeah, I agree. I think like trust obviously is a big one. Being able to support the other person is another big one. I don't think I have ever been as supported by anybody as you, anybody, as you are of me. And in return, I also don't think I have ever supported somebody as much as I support you. And I think that all of the things are kind of linked together. Like, I think that I'm so good at supporting you because I trust you and that I trust you because we have good communication. How do you know if your partner is the right one for you? You don't know. (sighs) Without expectations every day. I, genuinely. I mean, like, you might not like this, but every day it's like a new day with you. I'm reading a book right now called The Compound Effect, where every day, instead of trying to, like, people use it for business, right? Like, follow me for a second. Sorry, this is a rabbit hole. I think this is important. I wanted to share this with you all day, but we've you've been busy all day. So, sorry, guys. You got to listen. <laughs> uh, you know how like a lot of times people are like, oh, I need to get 10% better in a day or 100% better the next day. Or, you know, I only gave 50% today because of X, Y, Z. And maybe tomorrow I only give 10% because of X, Y, Z. 
but on Thursday or Friday, I definitely can give a hundred percent. You talk about this too. Like we've had this conversation. You can't give a hundred percent every day, Mm -hmm. but you know what you can do? You can get 1% better every day Mm -hmm. in the sense of people, like I said, use this for business. Like you can do one activity that might just draw up 1% more to be better. Mm -hmm. I literally have done this in our relationship, didn't realize it, never implemented into my business life. But if we can get 1% better every day, I think that makes a healthy relationship. That's how I know I'm going to stay with you. I know that's how I want to continue being with you. And that's how I know I would like our relationship to last a long time. All I'm saying is that like getting 1% better, if you can commit to yourself to be 1% better, I think that in your relationship, in your personal life, as a parent, as a boyfriend, as a spouse, as a grandparent, whatever it may be, I think that should be what drives you instead of looking at this long-term fucking goal that is so daunting. Mm-hmm. Just love the person for who they are yesterday and know that it's going to be better today and tomorrow's promise as long as they wake up. Why? Because you're waking up regardless? Oh, I'm waking up regardless. <laughs> <laughs> and if you can contribute more than 1%, fucking awesome. Amen. But that doesn't mean if I only gave 50%, I only gave 50% because my all or nothing mindset still It's still there. 100%. It's, I gave 100%. I just need to make sure I got 1% better. Right. One fucking percent right. better. And the point of that is that it doesn't matter really what you're doing. As long as you can feel proud of yourself in the day that you know that you've done something to enhance your life that you can continue to apply. You've learned yes. a skill that you can continue to apply. You just got to keep it tomorrow. Exactly. It's got to keep it tomorrow. Right. And if you don't, re- revisit it. How can you keep the romance alive in a long-term relationship? You got to know each other's love language. And you just like you got to be able to leave if it's not right for you, you got to be able to ask. If I'm so far gone, I, I'm going to ask you. And I know you know I'd ask you. Maybe like, hey, we're not working right now. What's up? What do I need to do better? Do we need to go to dinner? Do we need to go get drinks? Like, you, you just got to be vulnerable. You have to be vulnerable. And if your significant other can't accept that, like, that's probably what the real issue is. If I looked at you and said, Sarah, I don't feel that like fire between us right now. What's going on? And you're like, I just don't feel like I have your attention. Can I take you on a date every Wednesday night after work? I'll get off work early so we can go to dinner. Do you think that would help? Yes. Done. But the issue is that if you were to ask me that question, I might, like you said, you have to be vulnerable. I might be too afraid to tell you that I don't feel like you're giving me enough and attention. Whose fault is it then? That's mine. Right. But then I'm going to sit here and resent you more because you don't just know what to do. And I saw something not that long ago. I talked about this in last week's episode that the mentality of if he wanted to, he would is toxic because- but What if he doesn't know? Right. And that's why. Because you have to teach somebody or show somebody how you want to be loved, what your love language is. You have to communicate that. Because, right, like they might not know. The mentality of if he wanted to, he would is true. I don't think it's 100% toxic. It is true. He would ask you. Right. Like he He would try. And like that's where the effort comes in. So like you have to take advantage of the effort. You can't expect him to do 100% of the heavy lifting. And you can't talk in riddles. Why? That goes for men and women. Mm-hmm. Women suck for it. Mm-hmm. And maybe I'm saying that bias as a man. Women suck for it. No, I for sure do that. 
Yes, you do. Currently. Mm-hmm. You can't talk in riddles because like, what? why are you embarrassed? If I'm asking, just tell me. I think a lot of it comes down to like for women, I think a lot of it comes down to wanting to feel like they care. And if you have to tell them what to do, it doesn't feel as Don't you think that makes meaningful. Man, I feel like as a man speaking as a man, if I ask you, what can I do better? I feel like that's me showing I care. I agree. I just think that a lot of the time men don't ask that question. And so women are left feeling like I don't want to tell them. Yeah. Most men get distant for sure. And so it's like, I feel like most women feel like I don't want to say like, can you please take me to dinner? Can you please buy me flowers? Can you please put in a little bit of effort? Because then it feels like you're still doing the heavy lifting. The heavy lifting has to be on both parties. So what what do you think people can do to try to fix that? If you truly care about somebody, you can't give up on them. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it comes down to. So thinking back to the myths, though, <laughs> you know, like I just want I have to say that, like, that's not relevant in every situation. Like, if you care about somebody, you won't quit on them. But you're doing that because the relationship is still healthy. We're at gear eight, nine, ten. Right. We're not at gear one. We're not the frame. We're not the pedals. We're not the shoes. Mm-hmm. Like, we're past that. Right. Someone's not shooting at the bike every three seconds. The real thing is, is like, these all can exist at the same time. You can feel this way. You can think this way. But, like, don't use them to mask a negative. Yes. Yes. And that's what this all is. Mm-hmm. Well, and like the concept of time too, like just be, yes. like time doesn't mean that you're in eighth gear time. You could still be in fucking second gear yeah. and have been with the person for 10, 10 years. years. Yeah. yeah. Right. Do people tend to last that long? No. Could you imagine never evolving a relationship for 10 years, 20 years? Right. Well, and it's, but that's the thing is like, you're still not evolved. You're still fighting all the time. You're still not understanding each other. You're still constantly disagreeing. You're still not connecting. You're still yeah. doing these like roundabout things that should have been done really early in the relationship. But it's like people get so committed to making things work and you got to just take the L sometimes and just let that shit go. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I'm saying like you have to be able to know when to walk away. Right. It's a lot easier said than done. I know that. But it's the truth. Yeah. There's no there's no other option. It's not worth it. It's not. I feel like it's not worth the energy. It's not for you to say. Yes, it is. That's what my therapist I, tells me. She says for you, you directly, decide? but you can't decide for somebody else. Okay, fine. We're moving on. <laughs> she doesn't want to be wrong <laughs> what should you do if your relationship is going through a rough patch or facing challenges what's the rough patch why did it happen there's a lot to be said here before i can give advice but at the end of the day regardless of what happened i guess my advice would be communicate if there was a sense of disconnect where why and how did that disconnect happen only reason there is error in a relationship is communication Communication and res- and respect. Respect that person's boundaries. Respect that person. Okay, so what would you say are like the key points to take away from this then? The I th- miss or the... Both, like the whole thing. Like I would say that the person is supposed to enhance your life. They're not supposed to be your whole life. I think another key point is that that if that person's behavior is causing you mental exhaustion that isn't something that's worth 
fixing. And I know you said that I can't make that decision, but that's my opinion. I don't think that that's worth fixing. I think that it's supposed to be you and that person against the issue, not you and that person against each other. I loved the point that you made about confusing jealousy for love. I think that that is so true that you can't allow those big emotions to get mixed up. That that doesn't mean that you love a person. A relationship isn't going to be magical and fairy tale like and end all be all soulmate sparks go flying. It's going to take work and that work doesn't mean that it's mentally draining. It means that you're putting a consistent effort into understanding that person and to wake up every day and choose to grow with that person and to love that person. I mean, mine's pretty simple. Like my key takeaway from this all, and I say this and I am victim of it myself, but I wouldn't change who I am. If they are not bettering you, mm-hmm. walk away. Mm-hmm. They can come back. They can come back. And it, I mean, it could be sad. You can still be sad. Mm-hmm. But if it's just not working for the both of you, like be the better person. Mm-hmm. I think that's as simple as it is. I mean, we talked about the negatives. Somebody's doing X, Y, Z. Like, why should you fight for them? Don't fight for them. Mm-hmm. But also don't play that toxic game. Fight of, for yourself. Fight for yourself. That's what I'm saying. Don't play the game to like make them fight for you and earn you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They need to meet a criteria for you. We are the elite. Like that is my big thing here is that yeah. like we are the fucking elite and we are not settling for bullshit. Like it's so – it's such a weird thing that so many people do is that they settle. Yes. Anything that you take from this – I think it would be very, very, very good idea to grab a small notebook, write it down. Anything that really resonates with yes. you, I think. Yeah. And maybe maybe write it all down. <laughs> and I challenge you to like 30 days, write it all down every single day, morning or night. Write all what all what Everything down? you learned today. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be everything we talked about you learned because maybe you didn't resonate. Maybe you didn't understand. But take everything you did learn, write it down for 30 days and take a mental note at any point during the day or at least at the end of the day on each thing you learned. And as you realize more and more, you can omit more of it. But the things you personally struggle with, keep writing down. Mm -hmm. Take a mental note and then write it down as well whenever you can. Mm -hmm. You basically, you're taking currency, emotional currency. Do you want to spend more or save more for yourself or get more? Write it down. That would be how you could apply this to yourself. Prime example is if you're younger or if this is something you struggle with, I think this is very important, jealousy and love. If you feel like you are trying to make somebody jealous, write that down. Why are you trying to make them jealous? You should never have to make somebody feel jealous. Mm -hmm. Write that down. That's mm-hmm. emotional currency that is harming your relationship. Mm-hmm. Boyfriend, girlfriend, best friend. It's bringing awareness and awareness is 50% of it. If you're yes. aware of the issue, if you're yes. aware of what you're doing, you're more likely to be able to solve it. And maybe you can then seek help for it. Yes. Maybe have that conversation, a grown up, respectful conversation with your significant other. And be able to communicate and actually Come to a resolution instead of just a Just know that's going to look very aggressive and hostile if you pull out a notebook. I wouldn't pull out the notebook. Why? It's gotten to that point 
If you pulled out a motherfucking notebook on me and said, Frank, this is what you've done recently that really is bothering me, mm-hmm. I would. But I don't think that's the point of the notebook. I think the point of writing the notes down. I'm just telling you. No, I know, no, no. I know. I'm just saying I think that the point of the note is to notice what you are doing. Like yes. what have, what is you yeah. what have you done as a result what of anything? What currency are you giving away? And so that would be the points to make is yes. like say like I felt this way, I felt this way, I felt this way. And being able to like bring all of those things to light, right? I think it would it would allow you to have a much more adult conversation. I think that's really interesting. But you know I'm not a journaler. You know I'm not like somebody that takes notes on anything. I did that in one day and I said, "Oh shit, I waste a lot of time." And I think I'm a high functioning person. No wonder there's people fucking way out of me. That hurt. But if you can fucking see that and say, wow, maybe it takes you 30 days, 60 days, 90 days. I think that's critical. I actually don't think it would be harder for your relationship. Like if I was to sit here and take inventory of all of the times that I felt like untrustworthy, like if I felt like, like, oh my God, could you imagine reading that notebook? Right. Back? Like, oh, I'd be pissed. earlier in the car, your, your phone's on loud. It went off. And I was like, who is that? And every single time I sit in here and your phone's on loud because your phone rings for work and it rings several times a day for work. And every single time it rings, I want to know who it is. Like, and it's, it's avenge. I know. It's crazy. It's crazy. So like, and if I could think about, and then like thinking uh, the thoughts that go coincide with that, thinking like either if I'm spiraling on that, normally that's not what I'm doing though. Normally what I'm doing is being angry at myself for feeling that way because I know that it's my own issues and it has nothing to do with you. And then I'm wasting energy and time doing that instead. Do you feel comfortable reflecting on some toxic things before we go? Uh, I'll say pineapple if I don't. How many toxic relationships would you say you've been in? What's the definition of toxic? How many toxic relationships would you say you have been in? Three, four. Okay. I'm curious why there's fluctuation, but we can move on. (sighs) No, actually, we can't move on. I'm old and... I feel like I might have had a toxic relationship. I just don't re- remember the relationship in its entirety. Okay. Does that make like it was like a maybe like a couple months mm-hmm. long, like, and that might have been one of those like, yo, bitch, we don't, sorry, sorry, guys, yo, bitch, we don't work, <laughs> like, done. How do you define a relationship? How do I define toxic? toxicity? I would say I would define toxic as almost like constant gaslighting, like. The blame game, constant fighting over like childish shit. Oh, you went to lunch with your friend. This is, I, I have no idea if this is actually an issue. Like, oh, you went to lunch with your friends at work today, but you couldn't go to lunch with me. Like, what? I just think it's where you can't be yourself and you can't grow. And maybe that's my all seeing topic at this point is like personal growth. If you can, or if you're stunting your personal growth for somebody else, that's toxic. That's going to be a quote now. Going on a sweater. I want it. Literally. <laughs> what did that ending of the toxic relationship look like? I left. I, I mean, that was on and off. And I literally at one point just, again, and like maybe you don't want to hear this. Like, could I make it work? Yeah, I, I did. But when it came down to my own growth and development, I was stunted. They grew, and I felt like the stepping stone for that, the person that lifted them up. My growth got stunted so much 
and I got literally like it's like I wasn't even watered. That like I literally just decided I was like I'm gone. Like and it was very abrupt because I realized it very abruptly. But if I would have been taking notes, just like a little quick mental note of the emotional currency I was exerting versus receiving, I would have realized that year one. And I didn't. And it took me a lot longer. But when I did realize, I was gone. What did you do to leave? I said, you are a nice person. We don't work. You will have a great life. Gave him a hug and left. That's it? Yes. Rip the Band-Aid off. What am I supposed to do? Hug them? Cry with them? Yeah. No. My currency was exhausted. How long did it take you to leave to end that relationship? A little over four years. <laughs> to leave the relationship? Yes. Holy fuck. Yeah. So I guess that does make sense why when you left, it was like. I'm a you- nice person and I know I'm a nice person and I want the best for everybody, even if I don't like you. Mm-hmm. I just would love to see everybody be successful. Like, why would you want to see everybody happy? Because mm-hmm. if there was all happiness in the world, there would be no sadness. Life would also be boring. Maybe not. No, so imagine if everybody was always evolving. You would have no con- con- We're getting off topic. You would have no concept of of happiness, though, if there was no sadness or anger. True. True. How did you know that our relationship was a healthy space? I felt safe. I felt comfortable. I did help hold back a little bit. What What are you talking about? Like feelings, emotions. In the beginning, you mean? Yeah. Like before I mean, Jordan? I mean, we saw Jordan, what, a year, a little over a year into our relationship? Yeah, I guess. I, like I if you think about it, like we're long. maybe a year in. Yeah, you're probably right. And I think, that, I almost think like not saying everybody needs to do this. It wasn't cheap. But I feel like at that point in our relationship, like I thought he was pivotal. I learned how to now bring it back home. And I think that is what made this relationship so much easier. Mm-hmm. It's because like I could be like, hey, I need to talk to you. I need you as my friend today. This is serious and we just need to have like a hard talk. No judgment type conversations. Like I Jordan helped me learn how to talk to you. So can I ask you this? And I'm I know I'm setting myself up for failure and I promise I'm not asking this for selfish reasons. I'm asking it because I think it would genuinely be helpful to people in this situation. Do you then think that if any couple goes to therapy, that that means no. that you're going to be better? I mean, I mean, you might be a better person. That doesn't mean your relationship's going to be better. Jordan made me a better person. So then what do you think does? Like, what do you think, like, what about our relationship made you think it was healthy? Or is that just the only answer? Is that because we went to therapy? No, like, I feel safe is first off what I said, I feel. I feel validated. And I'm not somebody that likes to say that out loud. But like, I just feel safe. All encompassing. You might piss me off. I still feel safe. I have to know, what would you say the most toxic thing you have done in a relationship is? Make somebody jealous. What? (laughs) What are you talking about? Like, uh... Wait, I'm sorry. You think that's that's what you think the most toxic thing you've done is? I mean, I think so. Okay, that was the question. It's what you think so. What do you think? I don't want to out you. No, I would say making people feel jealous, for sure. When I was younger, like, I would for sure do that. 
you want, you want details? <laughs> I mean a little. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> to take it all the way back to the beginning, the first time, and there was this girl that liked me, and she had a butt and wore a bra. Jesus Christ. And there was this girl that was a year older than us that was trying to be my girlfriend. She didn't have a butt. She didn't wear a bra. So who did I hang out with all the time? Oh, the girl with the butt in the bra went to my school. The other girl went to a different school. Who do you think I hung out with often? The butt and bra girl. <laughs> but what do you, why? So here, that's that was the beginning. So I realized that like sometimes making somebody jealous would get somebody else's attention. I liked the other girl better. Like the other girl was more fun to hang out with in seventh grade. And she was also in eighth grade. So like it made me look cool. Like, come on. But so then I, that escalated in high school is that like when I would date somebody and they didn't have my attention, I tended to not date like athletes, but I was an athlete. Right. So I would then maybe talk to some of the female athletes and it would make my current girlfriend at the time a little jealous college same kind of thing. Like I was, I didn't play college sports, but like I would play intramural. Right. And then like the girl that I might've been talking to at the time didn't play intramural. But then there's intramural girls out there. And I was like, what's up, girls? And so, like, I feel like that was probably the most toxic thing I did through, like, my early upbringings. Hmm. When did you stop doing that? Do you still do it? No. (laughs) Have you dealt with that at all? No. (laughs) Uh, I'm surprised it's what you said. That's, like, the last thing I expected you to say. It's because I wouldn't get the attention I wanted. What you know, and you bust my balls, that I like attention. That is true. Yeah. but That is true. Yeah. I just want attention. I just want a little attention. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. (laughs) Watch yourself. (laughs) Uh, I probably stopped that like probably like sophomore year of college. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Good story. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be keeping my eyes and ears. What do you do? What do you do? Well, that's what I was going to ask you. What do you think is the most toxic thing I do in our relationship? You start fights just so that you can see people care about you. Fuck yeah, I do. It's fun. <laughs> it's so stupid. You're bored to get little drums. <laughs> yeah, I literally just shut down at this point. I, I see it happen. You feed into it. No, the last time it happened, I said, fuck you. You know I love you. And walked away. That is true. <laughs> and you were like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> You haven't done it in a while. Oh, good times. <laughs> How long have you been doing that? My whole life. Fourth grade? <laughs> <laughs> My whole fucking life. <laughs> My elite little army, don't leave. Don't leave me without subscribing. Hey, bitch. What? I don't get to play the game. Oh, you want to play the game? You fucking bitch. You want to play Kind of Toxic, Kind of Wealth? I mean, that's the only reason I signed up for this, to be honest. Are you kidding? Yeah. You can play the game. Oh my God, I'm so here. Frank Carl, kind of toxic, kind of well. I love to play this game because I think that it really shows humanity for the people that show themselves as like well as fuck. And I just want to like really highlight that not everybody is well as fuck, that everybody has these like toxic emotions. Okay. Answer these questions as you will. You can answer them kind of well or kind of toxic. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. Ding, ding, ding. What or who are you jealous of? Those that have already figured out. Figured out what? Everything. Okay. Anything. <laughs> I want to know it all. Like, I am a sucker for knowledge. You are a know-it-all. And I feel like a lot of times I'm valid. 
<laughs> yeah, I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> when is the last time you people please instead of doing or saying what you really wanted? Is there a difference between like just not causing no. stress in my life? Ask people pleasing. Welcome to people pleasing. But it's so I, You and your ego. You got to admit that you do it <laughs> once in a while. Oh, I know I do it. I do it to avoid fights. Uh, yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah. I do that a lot too. Um, it's easier to people please. Yeah. It's harder to set boundaries. Yes. Um, but it's just like when you don't want to set, when you know that if you can't set boundaries, like I just give up on that. Mm-hmm. Then I'm just like, I'll people please for a minute. Mm-hmm. Fuck. Uh, I feel like it's been a little while, but probably within the last year. I didn't say. I, I You said when, no? Yeah. But like what? Like what happened? I don't. I, it, it'd have to be something with my family for sure. But like recently, I like maybe I people please in the moment, but like I do bring it back to light, and it gets corrected. Like I'm I've been working on that, like wholeheartedly been working on that. So I'd probably say probably in the last like couple months, but like it's been addressed recently. Actually, I could say probably in the last two weeks. Like <laughs> it keeps getting shorter. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm thinking. <laughs> I also block it out. <laughs> uh, I'd probably say in the last two weeks. Something to do with my family. I'm not trying to be vague intentionally, but like I brought it back to light and like had a discussion about it. And like literally I do, I mean, there was a conversation today. Hey, if this is not something you want me to do, just let me know. But this is what I did and I can change it if I didn't do it. When are you selfish? Every single day of my life. Every single day of my life. I mean, I eat what I want. I go to the gym when I want. Maybe I wait a little bit for your slow ass in the morning. I mean, even when it comes to my like my job, like my time's my time. And I think that's important. And it is a, a negative quality of mine, but I think it's something a lot of people could use more of. What do you find yourself overthinking about? Anything fitness related, dietary related, or business related. Anything that is where I want to grow, I overthink it to the extreme. Yeah. I mean, think about here, prime example. Today, I know you like soup. And I know you I like chicken soup. soup. I fucking love soup. Like of all things, chicken chicken soup is like you love it. Fuck yeah! How I can do. I make a high protein, bodybuilder friendly, diet friendly chicken soup? Do you want to know how, Frank? Yeah, I you I have a really good idea of how you can make something bodybuilder friendly and high in protein. I have a really good idea. Are you so ready for my really good idea? Yeah. You look terrified. Is it the book that's on top of the fridge? It's the book that's on top of the fridge hey. that I brought you for our anniversary that hasn't been touched. Uh, first off, I was so excited to get first you that off, fucking don't recipe. Don't call book. me out right now because like that's part of our date nights here in Florida that I talked about with our fucking oh, beach picnic. Somehow magically you and your beach picnic. Yeah. That was so nice. Literally, my idea was that I would make of that book like once a week at least make one of the Well, meals. that book is collecting dust and I'm offended because I was I just really excited it today. about it. I was very excited about it. Sip your mark. Got my face. Next question. What makes you quick to get angry? You. That was so rude and, and so fast. fast. So yeah. Fast. You want the truth? No. Like when you get anxious. That makes you angry. And not, not angry at you. Just angry. Because like I, I just want to be better for you. To like to where that doesn't cause you anger because like that genuinely affects your entire day and then it affects my day. That's true. Like again, it's not you. It's like I, and I know it's not me. Mm-hmm. But like I somehow you you know you know me. I want to know how to fix it. 
I was going to say, you. I was literally going to say that you want to fucking give me a solution and you can't. Well, I can. It just doesn't work for you. Yeah. So like I got to figure out a solution. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it sucks. What are you afraid of? Not, not doing enough. Like I literally have it on my phone where it says like, don't do it for yourself. Do it for the ones you love. And I like, I just want. I disagree with that statement, but. A hundred percent, but like you could do it for yourself. But if you can't share that, those successes and those wins, who are you doing it for? Okay. I mean, Jeff Bezos. I mean, like granted, if you don't like these people, like that's fine. Jeff Bezos, like he's trying to potentially find a place that we as humanity can move to. Elon Musk is trying to figure out how to make us more like efficient as humans. Um, I mean, there's so many people, sorry, like literally so many people in this world that like they're trying to do so much and like their end goal is to do it for the greater good. Mm-hmm. So granted, do it for yourself. Yeah. Like be happy. But, like don't do it just for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hear like, that. You need, you need a better underlying cause. What do you not have empathy for? Ignorance. Ignorance to even trying to understand. Like I am somebody that is always wanting to know, always wanting to learn, and it might come off as aggressive at times, but when people are so close-minded that they aren't even willing to see the opposition, they're not willing to understand the opposition, they're not willing to even just understand that people are different than them. Like I don't understand why there's so much fucking hate. Cool. You guys don't agree. But why is there hate? Like, I, I don't understand that. I can't empathize with that. Like, I think that's just so fucking ignorant and causing so much fucking unnecessary nonsense in today's world that it has literally clouded the better judgment of most of humanity in America. If you could give one piece of advice to anyone trying to improve themselves or become more well than toxic, what would it be? Take notes. Take a mental log. Maybe you don't understand emotional currency. Understand energy currency. Understand that you only have so much you can give out in a day. Where are you giving it? If people are draining you of it, take notes. It's as simple as just taking an inventory on yourself. I think that would drastically change your life. I love it. Thank you. I love you for being here. Don't leave without subscribing to the episode. As I was saying before, I was really interrupted. Subscribe, please. We're friends. So subscribe to the fucking show. Stop being fucking rude. You know, we just sat here for three hours to give you a shit ton of advice. And if you're still here and you still haven't subscribed, that's mean. So be my friend. We're all a part of the same elite ass team. And so I need you to have my back a little bit. On that same note, you should also hit the subscribe button and review the show too. If you could leave me just like nothing less than five stars, that would be really ideal. Thanks. I just lost my girlfriend for like the next week. So uh, please, (laughs) please (laughs) download this, listen to this, review this, everything. Thank you so much for listening. If you have any questions or stories that you would like to hear talked about on the show in the future you can find the question box on wellish's instagram that's at wellish podcast it's in the highlight it's super obvious you'll find it there right away you can also connect with me on instagram and tiktok both of those are my first and last name at sarah rittendale instagram has a dot in between my first and last name for more self-improvement things like this we're gonna have a kick-ass week don't forget that you're elite as fuck and i will talk to you next monday this girl
Peace out, bitch. I like that last little bit. Thank you. That's good. We all elite. Whoa, whoa, whoa.